So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day. Got a five-star review from PK Grafton. It says, sports student. This podcast is great for beginners and veterans in the real estate industry. Pat asks the tough questions and gets the tough answers. Definitely worth listening to, and I would recommend it to anyone trying to be successful in the real estate industry or any industry. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast, so give me a one-star review if you want, or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first, and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. All right, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest. I've been, you know, this dude has been on my hit list for quite some time. And uh, I read his book uh, several years ago. And uh, since then, I've updated myself. I heard, listened to a bunch of podcasts that he was on recently. And uh, I'm excited because uh, real estate agents are always negotiating something. And there's so much to negotiate. And one of the things I've worked out with Chris before the show was we're, we are going to role play the most crucial parts of the real estate sales experience. And, uh, and who better to teach us that than a lifetime FBI negotiator and author of the book, Never Split the Difference, Mr. Chris Voss. Chris, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, man. Thank you for having me on. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Chris, why don't you kind of give everybody a little rundown, tell them about the book, tell them about yourself, your story, all that stuff. All right. Uh, I grew up in Iowa and I'm on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, man, I was, all right, so uh, I was the FBI's lead international kidnapping negotiator and trying to get better at hostage negotiation. At some point in time, I found myself at Harvard Law School studying negotiation with them, and they said, they told me, you're kidding yourself. You guys are doing exactly the same thing we're doing, only just the, the commodity's different, the stakes are different, but same dynamics. So I sort of took that as, a, as an opportunity to learn more about business negotiation and teach it. So, and we put 
flash forward a few years, uh, you know, my team, we put, we put out a business negotiation book that has just been rocking. I mean, today it was number 16 on Amazon's most read, most sold book list overall. I mean, that's in, in every category. And it's because it's digestible and you can apply it. And people have been applying it in real estate and sales and negotiations and dealing with their spouse over what kind of Christmas tree to buy. <laughs> <laughs> and they do, right? I mean, the stuff is legit. Like just yesterday, my head of sales, Catherine Brower, was telling me what she does is she, she sells packages of, to big brokerages, real estate brokerages of our, of our training courses at Rebus University. And she was with a, a very large brokerage and she used uh, one of your techniques and, and closed the deal she'd been working on like six months, you know, just by reframing uh, into calibrated questions. So yeah. uh, before we do these, before we, you and I start negotiating, tell everybody a little bit about calibrated questions and what the concept is there. Well, you know, we, we like the term calibrated because it's calibrated, calibrating a question for effect. I mean, basically, you know, the old, the old fiction of business and negotiation and everything else was try to get people into an emotionally neutral place where there is no emotional neutral. There is no non-emotional. I mean, neuroscience backs that up. Emotions are intertwined at all times. So what does that mean? What that means is each and everything that you say has an emotional impact on the other side. If you don't know what impact it's having, you're firing a weapon, you don't know what you're hitting. So let's calibrate our questions for the emotional impact that we want to have. And then take it a step further and calibrate the question, not to gather information, but to shape somebody's thought process. And so we're going to calibrate a question so the other person feels in control. They don't feel threatened. They don't feel backed into a corner. You know, they feel like cooperating. And they feel like thinking about the stuff that you want them to think about. So it might be, uh, how am I supposed to do that? Now, what I want you to think about is the position you're putting me in to ask me that. That's what I want you to think about. I want you to see me as a person. You know, my son, Brandon, who's my chief negotiator now, he really is. He says it's, it's forced empathy, reverse empathy. I want you to see me as a human being with problems. So I'm calibrating this question to create all these thoughts, to shape all these thoughts in your head to get us on the same sheet of music so that we deal with each other person to person. I think that's the biggest challenge for real estate agents, actually, is a real estate agent is in the middle and the buyer and the seller both do, are unable to see it from the other person's point of view right. and want to win, want to be the winner. Even if it's 51% versus 49, they, they, you know what I mean? They, they, each side wants to feel like they got over on the other side. I mean, what, what do you have to say about that? Like, how does a real estate agent being stuck in the middle of this crap, how do they deal with this? Wow. All right. So, I mean, it's kind of three things there that, you know, what's a real estate agent really in the middle of, you know, do, What's more important, that they see it from our point of view, if they see us as a person, and then this feeling of, you know, do I feel like whether or not I want or not? All right, so uh, let, let's go with point of view versus see me as a person. 
Yeah, let's do that first. Point of view. Getting the other side to see your point of view. Yeah, well, all right. So to, to get him there in the first place, you know, you got to see me as Chris. Most people don't focus on that. You know, maybe I work harder at how I see you, you know, or I want to use your name. Like, you know, this, this whole thing like, hey, Pat, how you doing, Pat? What's going on, Pat? How are you, Pat? You want to make this deal, Pat? You know, whatever. I'm gonna, I, I hammer the hell out of you over using your name. I had a, I had a real estate agent once, once said to me, you know, we're having trouble getting return calls from these people, and we work really hard to get to know them. And, and they're not returning our calls, they're not returning our emails. And I said, say that again, because that's exactly the problem. And he's like, what? We, we work really hard to get to know them. And I said, yeah, they don't know you. You know, you're a name on a piece of paper. You're, you're a number on a phone. They don't see you as a person. They don't, they don't know. It's easy for me not to get back to you because I don't see you as a person. So, you, you know, the, the tiny little tweaks of how to get them to see you as a person. And, and you and I, just a second ago, we were talking about Sean Stevenson, um, like who's a yeah. cool dude on a plane. Love that guy, yeah. So Sean, is, Sean was uh, in the middle of getting ready to buy his house, buyer, and he says, hey, man, I got a problem because this guy on the other side, you know, he's got a reputation, a tough negotiator. We don't, he doesn't, you know, he just, we're just tenants. We've been there. They, he doesn't, you know, I don't know how to get through this guy. And so I said, send him a letter outlining what you hope for out of this, this house as a home, you know, create a picture. Of, and this is not sharing common ground. I said, just put a vision of, in his head of what this home is going to mean to you. So he sends this letter and the guy comes back to him immediately. He says, yeah, well, we want to meet you. And when next time we're in town, you know, my wife and your wife, and we're all going to go to dinner. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a great time. Want to get to know you. And then summarily rejects Sean's offer. So he was a tenant living in it, and he wanted to buy the landlord's house, basically. Right. And gets a flat rejection. <laughs> now, and so Sean gets back to him, and he says, you know, we're going to walk away. Now, this is Sean adding in his instincts to the technique that I've given him. So, and he, and he legitimately, I mean, there's a big difference between the fake walk away and a real walk away. Mm, tell me Sean, Sean is a legitimate guy. So, and this is what everybody should do. You should never fake walking away. When you walk away, you need to meet it because you're, you're an authentic human being. So Sean is like, okay, fine. This is a great sign from the universe, from the higher power, from God, whatever. This house is not for us. We're going to walk away. Not only are we going to walk away from the deal, but we're going to move out and we're going to start looking for another place to live. Now, this is a genuine walk away. Now, and they end up making the deal over the house. Now, here's why this works. Because if, if he didn't already see Sean as a human being, then when Sean walked away, the other guy would have said, ah, that's a tactic. You're trying to manipulate me. You're trying to make me feel like I'm losing. You know, all this, all this negative emotionality would have kicked in, and the guy would have misread it, fell back into a corner, and said, how dare you, you know, and thought that the negotiation was just beginning. But it was over. But because he saw Sean as a human being, he came to grips with Sean means this. And you know what? I, I want Sean and his wife in this house. You know, I want to know it's in the right hand. So the house meant something to me. And, 
And that's the emotional value I get out of making this deal with Sean. So it went from a win-lose transaction to a person-to-person collaboration. And that's really what you want out of negotiations, a person-to-person collaboration and get out of the win-lose thing entirely. I love that. I, I'll never forget a quote uh, by Chris Christie one time. He said, it's, a, it's, it's harder to hate up close. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. that's why he always tries to have face-to-face meetings. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book, and it's just been published co-authored it with david osborne who's been on this show multiple times if you don't know david he is one of the top execs at keller williams real estate was personally mentored for the last two decades by gary keller himself and he's in all kinds of businesses his bio and explanation and everything is in this book but anyways david and i got together we decided to write a book we called it tribe of millionaires and i guarantee you it's going to change your life To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. It's Team Tober here at Rebus University, and we're running a special for Real Estate Rockstar Nation. This special is going to save you 90% on your team's real estate training. And the cool thing is, as a team leader, you don't got to do nothing. Just put your team to work on this incredible training. Here's how it works. This week, it's the Five Alive course. Buy Chantel Ray's Five Alive course. Chantel Ray has a guaranteed salary at her brokerage of $75,000 per year per agent. Like guaranteed, if they don't make that in sales, she gives it to them in cash. How can she do this? Well, she puts them through an intense program to guarantee that they all make 75 G's or more. Many of them are making 200 grand or more this year. And you can learn everything about this system and how to apply it to your agents and your team by taking Chantel Ray's Five Alive course only available at Rebus University. Now, the cool part is you buy this course this week, I'll give you nine for free. Yeah, I'm going to give you a 90% discount if you basically have 10 of them and you give them to all of your team members. That way you're not just taking it, but all your team members are taking it and you can talk about it at the company meetings and you could talk about it every day or every week if you want to about what the progress is and what everybody is learning of course when you buy these they're good forever so if you don't take them simultaneously you could take them over time but i recommend you take them all simultaneously you plus nine other members of your team it's simple you buy one you get nine free this week only go to hybendigital.com backslash Teams. That's hybendigital.com slash teams.
So I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this, but I think a lot of agents are thinking this. But so with real estate agents, you know, you have you generally aren't situations like Sean's. You have you have one agent representing a buyer, one agent representing a seller. So you have these two other people inserted in the transaction. And, 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 and allow me to interrupt because Sean yeah. had both agents involved in his oh, transaction. Oh, he did? Okay, cool. Okay. Which is one of the reasons why when you want to com- you communicate who you are as a person, if you do it via letter. So he, he, he went around the agent. Well, he went through them. He went through them. The, the letter passed through both agents. Okay, okay. And they, and they both see that this letter plays to everybody's advantage. This is not manipulation. You know, you want to... You, you know, there's always a team on the other side. You're always going through people. And that's why, you know, I don't believe in hiding stuff from anybody. I want everybody to be on board with what we're doing because it's about authenticity. It's about great collaboration. So it went through two agents. Okay. Because I think a lot of agents refer to when there's, let's say I'm representing Sean, right? I would refer, let's say the sellers, the guy selling the house, the landlord is Smithson, Right. I, would, I wouldn't re- even refer to him as Phil Smithson. I would refer to him as the seller. And I think, yeah. that's a, I think that could be a mistake. In that, and the reason that I would do that as an agent working with Sean is I wouldn't want Sean to say to me, well, how do you know, Phil? Are you guys on a first-name basis? Are you working for him or are you working for me? You know, I'm afraid of that. So what, what do you think about that? Is it all right? So these are weaknesses. I mean, like I, you know, are you afraid of are you afraid of it, or do you use it? Like I'd say, yeah. Well, you know, you want me to make a good, yeah. I mean, I you want me to see him as a human being, right? You want me to be as an agent. I say, you want me to be your ambassador. You want me to be your champion. You want me to to put everybody together so that so that um, we make the best deal possible. So I need to know who this person is. You know, any given piece of information, it's up to you whether or not you're taking yourself hostage over it. If you take yourself over, hostage over it, then the other side has a lot less work to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, right? So, so, so by you saying, hey, listen, if you want me to help you, I can get you a much better deal and get you a lot farther by building rapport and getting to know this, this seller than I can by creating a wall and calling him the seller, the seller. So the advice is all agents on both sides, stop using those words and start and, and read the freaking seller's name, like on the thing and re- start referring to them on a first name basis. Even if you never met them just to personalize it. Right. Yeah, I, I think so. A thousand percent. And that, and that kind of gets to one of the other things that, you know, we started to talk about a minute ago. I mean, real estate agents have this great mission that they want to make people's lives better. You know, an agent lives for the moment when they say, I can call my buyer and I could say, you got the home. I could call my seller and I said, you know, we made the sale. But what real estate agents really are, in the midst of one of the most stressful events of their buyers and sellers' lives, I mean, every survey out there lists that buying or selling a home is one of the top five stressors of their entire life. So you want to be selling joy and happiness, but you're selling, you know, you're purveying joy and happiness in the midst of the most stressful moment of their life. And balancing that is very difficult, and it's not always about selling happiness. What it really is is about navigating what is a traumatic event for people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really are as the agent. That's the biggest 
struggle. And that's why agents are, are worth the money that they get paid is because they're the piece of logic in between two rash, irrationally emotional people. Agents are worth more than the money they get paid. I hate to see agents discount their fees ever. Hmm. Like, like my book agent does less work for me, and, and he earns his money, but my book agent does less work for me than a real estate agent does for a home buyer. My book agent gets 20%. <laughs> you know, I mean, I got to tell you something. Each and every one of you out there that are real estate agents, you be a full fee, full commission agent, and you earn your money. Do not cut your, do not cut your fees. You are already a bargain. You are already the best bargain on earth. Do not cut your fees. Don't cut your fees. Mm. So I want to shift gears. I want to go. I'm, I'm, we're gonna. I want to do some role play with you because you're, you're brilliant. I heard you do it on Bigger Pockets, and it was amazing. Um, but we're not. We're not dealing with you buying the house. I'm. I'm going to set this up, okay? And 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 these questions and these negotiating ideas came from actual agents that I talked to before we started the show. And so they're not in any sort of order or anything okay. like that. But okay. a lot of the problems that agents have nowadays is not necessarily, you know, selling a house to somebody, right? Negotiating a house because, you know, people are, they're emotional. They're like, I want it. They're excited about it. So it's easy to buy, easy to sell, easier to sell. And the agent knows because the, the buyer loves them personally that if they don't buy this house, it's okay. He'll, he'll sell them something else and make another commission. The hardest part comes in the is, is in the 30 days after this initial sale. So let's say I'm a seller. I'm an agent that represents a seller. Okay. You're an agent that represents a buyer. Okay. All right. You've already worked with your buy. Let's say your buyer, Sean Stevenson, right? And I am representing the seller, Phil Smithson. The sale is done. The money's in escrow. Sean and his wife, you know, do a home inspection, right? They inspect the house. Inspector, they pay 500 bucks to have an inspector look at it. The inspector writes down on the inspection report, the roof is at the end of its useful life. Cost to replace roof, 10,000 bucks. I represent the seller. Right, so you're gonna you're gonna try to get that ten thousand dollar roof out of me, okay? The deal is already done. Agents are most agents are massively, you know, they're worried about losing their commission. Right at this point, they're like, "Fuck! I just sold the house. I I I I don't want it to fall apart." Right? Buyer, the buyers and sellers at that point could also start getting mad at them, thinking that they're doing a bad job. That they thought this was a done deal. You with me? Yeah. Okay. So look, Chris, you know, I talked to the sellers and although your report says the roof is at the end of its useful life, the fact of the matter is, is it's not leaking. You knew that it was 20 years old when you looked at the house the first time. You knew it was 20 years old when you bought it. And then all of a sudden, here you come three weeks later talking about you want a $10,000 new roof. It just, it's just not, not going to happen. Pat, I got heartbreaking news, man. I don't think you want me to share it with you. What is it? How are we supposed to take that as is? Well, you know, just, you know, once it starts leaking, then you can patch it. 
How are we supposed to do that? Don't they have any money saved up? How are they supposed to do that? I don't know. Can you ask them? Man, I, I, you know what? I don't, I don't blame you and your seller from walking away f- for walking away from this at all. I mean, I probably would if I were you too. I mean, you know, the reality is life is buyer beware. And, you know, it's impossible to buy anything that's perfect. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, that's probably unrealistic for people to do. How are we supposed to do that? Now, I don't know. Can they come up with anything like on their own? And my guy can, I can see if I can get my guy to meet somewhere. Yeah, they put all their hopes and dreams in this. And it's probably unrealistic for people to have these kind of high expectations because, you know, they see, their, they see raising their kids there. I mean, you know, they, they're, they're all sorts of amazing memories they want to make in this home. You know, and it's probably it was probably naive of them to think that they could buy a house without having to put their life savings into. How am I supposed to do that? I don't know. What do you, do you want me to go back to them and just be like they can't come up with it? You know, I mean, uh, you get a better feel for this than I do. So I, you know, they just. Like I said, I, and I'm sure it's going to break your seller's heart. And seller probably has absolutely no problem going right back out on the market, rolling a dice again. It's probably worth another roll of the dice. I mean, you never you never know how how that dice is going to come up. It might, it might come up better. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame you guys at all for walking away from it. All right, let me go back to him and talk to him. That would be a generous. It would be generous on your part to even talk to him. It's generous of you to, to make that move. I know you got a lot of time in this. And I know you don't want to waste your time. And it's generous of them to even consider it. Greatly appreciated. And, you know, if they feel like walking away, I mean, completely understand. You, you've been very upfront with me. And more than, and I will relay to, you know, were we to ever cross paths with you again, I'll make sure to, to let my, uh, my buyers know how upfront and how decent you've been about all this. Hmm. All right. All right. Thanks, Chris. I'll get back to you. So, so now I want to... Um, I want to analyze that because that, that, that was good. So let's just talk. Like, what did you do? What I'm really trying to get do is, in a, in, is script you to talk to your seller. And I don't need you to feel backed into a corner, but I need you to turn around and say all those same things to your seller. And if I, and, and it's why, you know, repetition is, and uh, what I said is important. I need to ask legitimate questions. I need to anticipate the discussion that you're going to have with your seller because your seller is going to go like, you know what? It's as is, where is, and this is buyer, buyer beware. I mean, all, all the, all the dialogue that you're going to have to cope with are the thoughts that are going to be in your seller's head. And these, again, these, this is all legitimate stuff. You know, what's a legitimate question? You know, you, I got to ask you a question where you can go back to your seller and say, you know, it kind of is a legitimate point, but I don't need anybody to feel hammered or cornered by any of this. So this dialogue is not going to go smoothly where you have a conversation with your seller. That is a legitimate conversation, an authentic conversation. If it's not in any way, it's not going to go through. So what I'm really trying to do is in a very deferential fashion, help you with your dialogue away from the table. 
Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reek, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level. Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat. $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Rockstar Nation, it is time to finish the year strong. The year is almost over, and it's time to sprint. You know, in my real estate career, I always doubled down at the end of the year because all of the other agents were not working during November and December, so I took full advantage. This is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents that prospect thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my Outdesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week. We're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. So you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And you can get it real easy. All you got to do is text the word HIBAN, H-I-B-A-N, to 31996. That's H-I-B-A-N to 31996. And download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk.
And, and so let's keep going on this. So let's say you were me now, right, as that agent. How would you broach it with the seller? How would you, how would you call a seller and be like, you know, what would you say? Well, you know, and some of this is what's your prep work that led up to this? Did you, you know, it's going to sound harsh. Did you lead your seller to believe that once this contract was signed, it was going to be a done deal? And I think that's one of the real problems that a lot of agents have because there ain't an agent out there that's been in business for more than a week. Unless this is your first day, you know there's going to be problems in escrow. Every agent out there knows that there's a big difference between entering escrow and exiting escrow. I mean, this is where, and this is why agents are worth every bit of their commission. Because no matter how many web searches there are out there and how much market data that people can get and whether or not you can put your house up for sale, the agent's money is really made in navigating the traumatic events that happen in the middle of this most stressful event of people's lives, entering and exiting escrow successfully. There are going to be speed bumps in escrow. Your, an agent's job is to minimize the impact of those bumps. So did you lead your seller to believe that once they had a signed contract that they could move or that it was the beginning of the journey? And, uh, you know, how do you let them know in advance there's going to be some bumps along the way? Or how do you manage expectations every step of the way so that when you hit that speed bump, they don't lose trust because you never told them that speed bump was coming? You led them to believe there would be no speed bumps. Or do you gain trust because something you predicted would happen would happen? And, and it's insane how much you look like the amazing Kreskin or clairvoyant when you predict the most predictable of events. When, when I was, when I'm coaching kidnapping negotiations, I would say, all right, so this is how this is going to go down. First part of this week, they're going to make a, they're going to call a lot of names. They're going to make very nonspecific threats. They're not going to feel like making a deal till Thursday or Friday. So all this dialogue is going to be in general vague terms. And then along and, and we're going to have trouble getting them on the phone. But then along Thursday, all of a sudden, they're going to be real responsive and they're going to want to be on the phone all the time and they're going to start making real specific threats. Now, this happens every time, every single time in one of these negotiations. What, so, what, what type of negotiation is this? It's a kidnapping negotiation, a kidnapping. which is a, a commodities exchange. This is an exchange of a commodity. Because you did, you did kidnapping for, in the Philippines and, and all over the world, right? Like you, globally, yeah. It's a, globally. It's a, any American that was kidnapped in another country, Chris was the guy. So keep going, keep going. I just wanted to give the context. Yeah, and so this, and, and this, is, this is the 101 on the process. I mean, anybody that I trained in negotiations, they knew even before they got into it that I told them, this is, uh, everything is going to have these phases. This is always going to happen. This is what this is going to look like. But when I'm dealing with somebody who's in it for the first time and I say, you know what, they're not going to get serious until Thursday. And then the bad guys got serious on Thursday. They go like, holy cow, this Chris Voss guy, he's got magic powers. I mean, he's, he predicted what was going to happen and it happened. And now we'll do whatever he says. You're with home buyers, you're uh, home buyers and sellers. You're in the middle of a traumatic event. You start predicting something that seems ridiculously basic. 
And suddenly you are the trusted advisor because you take out the word trust and you put in predictability. You build trust via predictability and you start laying out the landscape for them ahead of time. Instead of them being shocked by it, they think you have superpowers. Escrow is going to be a problem. You, you, you tell a person, you lead a person to believe that they're on smooth sailing and a signed contract, you're asking for trouble. It's one of the reasons why that 80% of people who buy and sell homes say that they will, refer, they will recommend their real estate agent and only 20% do. You know, real estate agents, businesses are built more on referrals than brand new customers. You want to build your referral base. You want, you want, to, you want to get your number up near 50%, up 60%, up 80% recommendations, then you start anticipating problems in advance and you say, look, you know what? Fantastic, we got the contract. But from the opening moment of your interaction with your client, you should say, yeah, it's a journey. And there, there are speed bumps that we're going to hit along the way. There's going to be goals that we're going to want to make. The goal is to sell the house the first milestone, not, not the accomplishment of that goal, is getting a signed contract. The next milestone is going to be getting through escrow. And there's speed bumps in escrow. And now, most agents aren't going to tell you that, but I'm not most agents. I'm a full-service, full-fee agent. And I'm, you know, an agent doesn't earn their money in the listing and the marketing process. Agent earns their money navigating through escrow so that you actually sell your home as opposed to just getting a signed contract. Mm, yeah, that is that that is that is great. And I love this. And 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 some some particular advices that I'm picking up here. The worst thing you guys could do is put up a sold sign. The worst, right? <laughs> the worst. I mean, just don't even go there. Don't even move forward on anything until you're beyond where you know you're going to have trouble. Mainly the home inspection and the appraisal. And sit them down and just like listen. And, and guys, you should know, right? You should know this stuff, right? You sh if, if you're selling a house, you should know that the roof is 20 years old. I mean, that's something simple to ask. I'd be like, look, your roof is 20 years old. I can pretty much guess that this home inspector is going to say, it's at the end of its useful life, and this is going to come up. Um, also, you know, I know your air condition is this, or I know, or, or just say, I know you think your house is great, and it is, it's awesome. But they're paying someone $500 to find things wrong, and he is going to find things wrong. And they realistically already have a sense of buyer's remorse where they're like, hmm, I wonder if, if, if we decided on that contract too fast and we should have tried to get more. So this is going to be their opportunity to try to get more out of you, and I need you to just see it as that, right, and, and, and be ready for that. And, and when it comes, don't freak out about it. It's just normal. And, and also, here's how you set up that conversation. Because your seller, uh, secret to gaining the upper hand in a negotiation is giving the other side the illusion of control. Wait a minute. Slow that down. The secret. The secret to gaining the upper hand. To gaining an, the upper hand. In a negotiation. In a negotiation. Is giving the other side the illusion of control. That's awesome. Okay. Do tell. So you want your seller to feel like they're in control every step of the way. Now you go out, you take, you take a look at the house, you see an old roof, you see this, you see that. You want to put yourself in a position where they feel in control when you share that information with them. And it's very simple. It's simply understanding the magic of no. 
the word no, how you move forward, how you let the other person feel safe, protected, and in control when they say no. So you see these problems and you look at your, your seller and you say, if I see problems, do you want me to hold them back from you? Now, they're going to say no. And the act of saying no in that instance is going to make them feel safe and in control and as if they made the choice to learn that. And cho choice is a critical issue on, on human nature. Always making people feel like they made the choice to hear it. And they say, no. I say, all right, here's what I see are, are some predictable problems that I don't want you to get blindsided by. It's my job to keep you from being blindsided. And here they are. So you've, you've, you've been invited to share that information instead of sort of lowering the boom on them in an unexpected fashion, when, when their mind is reeling, they don't know, this is the beginning of the problem. I don't know how far it's going to go. They start to get scared. You keep people feeling safe and in control. The more they say no, that's why people say no all the time. It's not because they're intentionally rejecting proposals. It's because saying no makes people feel safe and protected. So let's take advantage of that dynamic. And, and saying no, and, and, and you mentioned this in your book, saying no actually brings them all the way down to like the worst answer they could give. So then at that point, they have the ability to get better from there and they're in control, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, the upside uh, from all of that, that approach, that strategy is just, uh, there's no downside <laughs> is, is the bottom there's line. No doubt. So if you bring them a low offer, let's say, and, and they say no, don't get freaked out. That's a good thing, right? That they said no, because if they didn't say no, then you haven't reached the bottom and you can't go up from there. Yeah, no, no, no is not no is not disaster. No is is a bit of information, and no is a manageable thing. No is always manageable. It might even be a way to move things forward. So yeah, you should you should never be afraid of people saying no. Now a lot of agents are having you know all, the the worst time to deal with negotiations and the the time that agents give up their commissions the most. And this is why I want to address this. You know where agents give up their commissions the most? It's not at the listing appointment when they're trying to get the listing. Where do you think it is? Uh, you know, let's split the difference and we'll take a piece out of everybody's commission and we'll close this deal. At the table, yeah. Usually yeah. at the settlement table. And it's like, it's like everyone's sitting there or it's a day of settlement. Sean Stevenson has a, a, a moving truck outside, right? There's a moving truck and there's, you know what I mean? There's all this emotion going on and and then something comes up. They walk through the house and there's a, a leak or, or the AC is not working or, you know, something, right? And then all of a sudden, all the agents are, the agents are freaked out and the buyer's freaked out and the seller's freaked out because no one wants to have done all that work, right? Until, uh, and then not get paid on it. So, so walk me through this. Let's say, again, I'm, uh, let's say the same deal right? Uh, we gave you guys, we, we gave you guys a, a brand new roof. You got 10 grand, a brand new roof. We gave you a brand new roof. You're happy. Sean's happy. We're sitting there and you find, a, you find the hot water heater has water all under it. And you come to me and you're like, hey, the hot water heater has you know, water all over. We're not settling because this is, is happening. And, and I'm the seller and the seller's agent. I'm like, look, man, this deal is done. We, we need to just close this. How would you how would you handle that? What, uh, no, how about this? How about I say? Sorry to interrupt you. How about I say, 
Look, Chris, you're the agent for Sean. I know this is a pain in the ass, but one of the agents just split the cost of the hot water here and let's get this closed. All right. So first of all, what am I thinking before I jump into this? Now that may end up happening, but I'm not going to rush into it because I've also got, there are, uh, if people are willing to walk over or uh, away over a hot water here, then I, to some degree, I've mismanaged the process. They're already mad. They've already created a monster out of Phil, the seller, right? Is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And, and also now, if they're willing to walk, over, walk away over a hot water heater, my, I, got, I get referral problems here. And so the only way I fix, begin to fix my referral problems is, as a rule that we live by, we refer to it as a law of gravity because you can't ignore gravity. Whether or, not, whether or not you like it or not, gravity's there. The last impression is the lasting impression. I have to control everybody's last impression by not making them feel rushed into this and not making them feel like a loser and getting getting them back, get everybody back in a feeling of control. Now that doesn't, that, that'll probably actually end up making the process go quicker. So, you know, these, these emotional intelligence, you know, rabbit holes, sidetracks actually probably save time in the long run. And it certainly saves rela- relationships. So I'm going to go back into my calibrated questions. I'm going to say, what do you want to do? And I'm going to apply some tactical empathy. And I'm going to say, I know you feel backed into a corner here. I know there's a lot of things about this process that you're not happy with. I know that you're having second thoughts about this deal entirely. Now, that last one is really important because calling out negatives diffuses them. It doesn't reinforce them. Wait a minute. Explain that. Calling out negatives diffuses them. It doesn't reinforce them. Contrary to popular belief, you would think, hey, I'm not going to be a devil's advocate in front of this guy and and tell him what he's thinking that's negative because – it's going to amplify that thought in his head. And you're saying it's the opposite, that it actually takes the wind out of the sail. It takes the wind out of the sails. And the reason why most people have a gut instinct that it amplifies it, because most people don't call negatives out. Most people deny negatives. Most people say, look, I don't want you to have second thoughts here. Well, that denial. say that, yeah. That denial, the two millimeter shift, the bar Tony Robbins phrase, the two millimeter shift is to go from the denial to simply the observation. If there's an elephant in the room, you don't say, look, there ain't an elephant in the room. I don't want you to think there's an elephant in the room. Well, that's nonsense. It it tells everybody you're scared of the elephant that's in fact there. But instead, when you say, I know there's an elephant in the room, people look around and go like, yeah, but you know what? I'm not that impressed with it. And that's why calling out negatives diminishes them versus the amplification of the denial. So you just flat out say, I know you're probably thinking that you want to back out of this deal at this point. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, bec- and that, what that does is it make people, it, it, it triggers contemplation. It's another calibration. We're trying, to, we're trying to create a certain thought in somebody's head. And they take a hard look at it. And again, they make the choice. And they're like, you know what? I, you know, no, I don't want to back out. 
now you move forward. Now, now, now I'm, I'm, I'm in a repair, I'm in repair mode to try to rescue my referral. Cause this deal is probably going to go through one way or another. The real issue is here. Do I give up on my referral or do they remember me as somebody? What do they say after this transaction is over? You know what? My agent pushed me into it at the last minute and real estate agents are not on your side as a seller or buyer. And my agent was no exception. Or do they say, you know, we could have walked away at the last minute and you know what? Our agent helped us see we didn't have to. And we closed and you know, most agents are not on, on the seller or buyer side. I'm, I don't kid myself that about that at all. Vast majority of agents are not, but my agent, my agent, they, uh, you know, they were on my side and I'm never going to forget that. And that's the last impression is the lasting impression. How did you handle that problem at the close? Did you shove them into it? Where the last impression is they felt shoved and they will never refer you. Mm. Or did you take a little more time, a little more intelligence and help them navigate it? And they say, you know what? I know most agents aren't on my side. And they want to be your friend. They're kidding you. They want the commission. But so, my so, agent was different. So, so what would be a good script? I'm, I'm the seller's agent. And I said, Chris, you know, hot water here is 1500 bucks. Let's, let's split it four ways. The buyer pays 375, seller pays 375, and each agent throws in 375 of their commission. Let's just close this up, man. Let's just meet in the middle, split the cost of a hot water here four ways and just get the deal done. Yeah. And that's the way you guarantee they're going to feel shoved into this. Yep. You're going to, you're going you're gonna, to, you're going to close and they are never going to refer you. What's the script? So I say, look, Hot water heater, what'd you say, $1,300? Yeah, $1,500. Bucks. 15, hot water heater is $1,500. And you feel that it's stupid for them to walk away over $1,500. You feel like you've been shoved around on this up to now. You bent over backwards to make this happen. They are not appreciative of everything that you've done. And for them to be getting this kind of a bargain in a house and split over $1,500 is the dumbest thing you ever heard of. And I wouldn't blame you for probably saying, screw them. You know, they can, they can eat that hot water heater. What do you want to do? So basically, you've, you've taken all their worst thoughts, just like we talked about, put it in their head, taken the wind out of their sails. You've told them what they're thinking they have nothing left, right? What do you want to do? I think their response or the agent's response would be, well, wait a minute. What, like, what do you want to do? Yeah, it, it, entirely possible. And, and the, the first point is the mere fact is that I've now taken, I've, I've, I've released all the steam that's built up inside. You know, we, we're, we're getting back to where now, you know, the, they're not seeing red. The negativity is not killing them. The negative emotions are not constricting their thinking. They're not feeling backed into a corner. They're not going to make an angry decision. You know, there's anger. Anger, there's a tremendous amount of self-righteousness and anger. And that's why people make bad decisions when they're angry. I mean, there's an old saying, give a speech when you're angry, and it'll be the best speech you ever regret. 
I mean, it's, there's this self-righteousness and bad thinking all combined into one. So I want to get this anger out of there. So if they say, what do you want to do? I could say, like, is it a ridiculous idea to suggest that maybe we distribute the loss here? You know, again, I, I got a no-oriented question here. I'm using the word no to trigger some options. Are you against splitting the cost with the seller or the buyer? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start asking them what they're against doing. You know, I may get to the point where I'm kicking in as an agent, but that's, that's my last move, not my first move. So you might say, are, are you against, you might say to the seller, are you against just giving them a, giving them, I don't know how to say this, giving them a thousand bucks to, you know, in case it breaks, I don't know. Are you against, are you against, are you against giving them a credit? What what are you against doing here? What are you against? Yeah, yeah. What what stands in your way from of giving them a credit? I mean, all the questions and all the exploration of the issues are designed to make my seller or my client feel in control, feel protected, feel safe, feel that they can walk at any time. Respecting their autonomy increases the chances that they'll agree. Yeah, and that whole what is what are you against is kind of like a, a negative question too. It's not like what do you, it is kind of like what do you want to do? It's the same it's the same thing as what do you want to do is what are you against? Well, and it's a little safer for them because it, it, it asks for no commitment. And it, when you when you ask for commitment, people get worried like what am I letting myself in for? All sorts of negative thoughts creep in and constricts their thinking. So what are you against? they can start ruling stuff out real quickly and real easily, which is a critical issue when people are fatigued, either physically or emotionally. It's much easier for them to rule stuff out than it is for them to rule stuff in. A lot of times if they rule enough stuff out, you're left with a deal. So people can answer that much more quickly and easily because they feel safe giving you answers. They feel they've made no commitment by responding. So consequently, they'll probably give you good answers. Yeah, man, this is great stuff. I mean, I, we could talk about stuff all day. I want to respect your time. I mean, this is this is great stuff. And certainly people could learn a lot more by reading your book or checking out some of your stuff uh, that you have. And there's tons of stuff. As you know, Chris, everybody that comes on a show uh, brings a free gift. And this is going to get you guys started. And basically, Chris's free gift has to do with an assessment guide, uh, an, an assessment that you take and a guide that you get with it. To explain to everybody what this free gift is about. Well, we talk a lot about the three types in our book. We refer to it constantly in all of our negotiation material. We're going to mention the three types. So we actually just came up with this assessment tool that, we've really only, that we have only been sharing with people who are paying us. Um, we're, going to, we're going to share the assessment tool. 10 simple multiple choice questions put you in one of the three types, assertive, an analyst accommodator, fight, flight, make friends, arcade man default. Everybody on the planet fits into one of these three types. You can take, you can take the, you can take the assessment tool, find out what type you're in. And then we've got a download on how to deal with the three types. What are the, what are the, what are the differences? What are the things to look out for? How do you, how do you make a better deal if you're in a tight mismatch? And, since the world breaks into thirds pretty evenly, you're in a tight mismatch, two out of three interactions. Right. So guys, find out what type of negotiator you are and then find out 
learn how to figure out what type of negotiator someone else is before you do any negotiations. And you guys could get this free. All you got to do is go to hybendigital.com backslash Chris Voss. It's C-H-R-I-S-V-O-S-S, hybendigital.com backslash Chris Voss. You can get this. And I'm going to also put it in the agent success toolbox. You can guys go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox and get this plus all the other gifts that everybody brought on the show. By the way, I'm going to put Chris's social media links. I'm going to put his contact information. I'm going to put a link to Chris's book on here so you can pick it up. I'm going to put a link to some other free stuff that Chris is giving out and doing right now as part of his training programs and that sort of thing. So there'll be all kinds of stuff. Just go to hybendigital.com backslash Chris Voss. Chris, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you. And uh, if I'm ever, where the hell do you live anyways? I live in, I live in L.A. All right. If I'm ever in L.A., I will definitely look you up and uh, we'll get together and break some bread. Yeah, we'll have a good time. That'd be great. I'd enjoy that. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's great. It's great being on with you. Thank you very much. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.